0: Our reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, beginning beginning at verse 18, book of Matthew, chapter 4, and it describes how Jesus calls his first disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Lord, we thank you for this reading from your word, and as Valerie comes and brings your word to us today, your reflection on these, the words we've read from your word, Lord, speak to her and through her into our lives, for we ask this in the name of Christ, amen.
1: so good to be back in God's house today, and it's wonderful to see all the hats. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The pastor has just read the scriptures from Matthew's Gospel 4, verses 18 to 22. I want us to look this morning at those two verses, and I also want us to see it as a journey with Christ. A journey can be described as traveling from one place to another, or one state of mind to another. Like a journey, life is a journey. Life is a journey with roads, bends, stops, twists and turns, different moments, some smooth, some rough. Life also has a journey of laughter and pain, pleasures, frustrations, and humbling moments. But if you take God on your journey, He will teach you many things. Some things are best taught in the valleys, and some things are best taught on the mountains. Our faith, too, is a journey. And when we take journeys, we make decisions. We have to decide who and what we are going to take on our journey. The disciples had a price to pay. The tests we face are not given to destroy us, but to identify the weakness in us sometimes. And so God can work through them. And we become better followers, better Christians, better companion with Christ on this journey. They are to train us. And for all of us, or most of us, our ultimate destination on this journey is heaven. But before we embark on this journey, we usually do some things. Let us consider the story of the rich man, a ruler, raised in wealth, had everything he needed, but yet he was hoping for more. He runs to Jesus and he asks him, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, go. He used some strong imperative verbs. He said, go. Sell what you have, everything you have. Give to the poor. And after you have done those, then you come back and you follow me. But this rich wrong ruler, he find it too difficult to heed the last three. He did did not go and sell. He did not want to give to the poor. And he did not want to come and follow Jesus. Following Jesus, there is a cost we have to pay. Can you think of the cost you have paid when you said you have begun, you will begin a journey with Jesus? What did you have to pay? However, the young ruler, because he was wealthy, he did not do it. They were too difficult for him. So he decided not to do them, and he walked away. In so fit doing, he forfeited the benefits. Come and follow me. So he refused to go and sell of his possession, share with the poor. That's all God asks him to do. Go. Share what you have. And then Come and follow me. And that was too hard for him to do. And many of us here today, we may not be as rich as this rich young ruler, but sometimes God calls us and he tells us to do things as well. And we run away. We do not want to do them. We see in that story that the rich young ruler had time to prepare, prepare because he was told to go, had time to sell, and he had time to share and come back. Not everyone have that time. However, he did not do it. But now, I want us to take a look at some other men in the Bible. And as we have read, we saw Jesus walking the streets of Galilee. And we saw him at the seaside. And there he met two men. They were fishermen, because we know that Galilee was a seaport, a fishing port. There was a thriving industry on that seashore. And there was Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were fishing And Jesus said unto them, come, follow me. And immediately, the Bible say, at once, they gave up their fishing occupation and they followed Jesus. And Jesus continued to walk a bit further down the sea coast. And as he did, he found another boat. And he found two other brothers, James and John, was it? The son of Zebedee. And these two brothers were fishing with their fathers. At this point, they were not actually fishing, but they were mending their nets for the next catch. And Jesus said unto them, come. Come. And follow me. And these two other brothers had a decision to make. A tough decision to make. Because they are with their father. This may be the family business. And this man Jesus is saying unto them, you're going to leave this today. And you are going to follow me. And Jesus said unto them, come and follow me. He didn't say go home and tell your wife. You have to discuss it with your children. He said unto them what? What did he say? Come and follow me. And what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to make you fishes of people. Man, you're not going to stay here at the seaside of Galilee and fish for fish. You're going to join me on my journey, and you are going to fish for men. And did these boys obey him? Did these fishermen follow him? Yes. They followed him all the way, sister. They went with him. And you know, you might have think that the brothers who were with the dad it has been difficult for them because they are working with their dad, this is the livelihood and a stranger comes, but he's not a stranger because they would have already known him and he says leave your dad and come and follow me what would you have done if Jesus had come physically to you and say to you And you're with your father. You're helping your father to make a penny. Come and follow me. What would have been your reactions? Would you go? Would you follow? And do you think it was an easy, difficult um, decision to make? No. Not easy at all. But when God calls us He prepares us for the journey. He doesn't call us and leave us alone. He calls us and he equipped us. And he makes us, one songwriter say, he makes us willing to go. Maybe he's calling you. If he hadn't already called you, maybe he's saying to you this morning, Come. I will make you fishes of men. He did not choose the high, the uplifted, and the proud. Jesus chose men of different caliber. There were no respecters, and there is no respecters of persons with God. And he never changes. He is just the same man that he was when he was here on earth. Maybe he's calling you today. Maybe with the vision for this church, there is something he's calling you to do today. Are you listening so that you can hear what he is saying to you? Now, you know every congregation you go to these days, the women outnumber the men. And we always think about the disciples as men. But Jesus also had among his disciples some women disciples. Can anybody tell me one of the names of one of the women disciples? Yeah. Mary Magdalene. And she was so faithful to Jesus. And we know the story. Uh, Jesus, she was known to the rest of the apostles as the apostles of the apostles. That's how important she was. So there is no secret that God can do. So you women sitting around this church, you too, having accepted God, Christ, as your savior, you too are a disciple. And you too, he's saying to you, if he hadn't said it before, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Have you accepted that call? Are you willing to accept that call today and be a part of this great vineyard of God, help to reap souls for the kingdom? Jesus is calling us. And you know, I like this part. Sometimes I get in trouble for it. We women, We women, we stood by Jesus at the very end. When some of his chosen disciples forsake him and they left him, the women were present. They were present at the graveyard. They were present at the crucifix. And they were the first person to say, oh dear Jesus. He is risen. He is risen from the grave. While the disciples disciples were still afraid, while they were still hiding, while they were still sleeping, no doubt, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other woman, they were there. They gave the first Easter message He is risen, as he said. Are you helping to promote that message, the message of the resurrection? Did you know? Do you believe that? Do you live a life that reflects this? We, as women, as well as men, We are all disciples. We are all followers. We are all Christians. Some people I know don't like to use the word Christians. But once you have accepted this man Jesus into your life, you are like him. You are Christian. It was meant to be a nickname, but we have taken it on as a good name. And you know, God has chosen people, even from the Old Testament. Let's take a look of some great spiritual spiritual accomplishment. And you know, God called Abraham. And in serving God, Abraham had to take a journey. Genesis says that The journey lasted 100 years. It began when he was 75 years old, and it ended until he was 175 when he died. This tells us that the future is not final, because Abraham was now becoming an old man when God called him. For most of us, we would say, I'm too old. But Abraham obeyed the call. It is never too late to be what you might have been. So if you have missed an opportunity, you can come back to God. Because he is standing with outstretched arms. He's ready, he's waiting to welcome you. Abraham's success during his journey with God, came about because he was willing not only to hear God's call, but to obey it. You too, are you willing to hear God's call? And if you are, you can reach the potential at any stage of your life. If God says it, he can do it, and he will do it for you Moses another great prophet leader of Israel he was the greatest prophet leader and teacher that Judaism had ever known he took a journey with God and lasted 40 years it had already re- begun when he returned to Egypt to become Israel's leader when he was 80 years old, and it continued until he died at the age of 120 years old. These are examples of people who obeyed the call, who was willing to take the unexpected, who was willing to journey, Are you willing to make that journey today? As you continue on your life's journey, with all its ups and downs, may you be encouraged never to give up. May you be reminded that the longest journey always begins with the first step. We are blessed because we have a Savior who says, come on to me. And he says, I will never leave you. And if you become weary in the journey, I will stand by you. And another time, he becomes the footprints in the sand. When we become too tired on our journey, he takes our load. And we thought we saw two sets of footprints in the sand. Because our Jesus, our Savior, our Holy One, our great high priest, he takes the journey for us. Are you going on this journey with Jesus? He's saying to you right now in your pews, come. I have some work for you to do. I want to make you bolder. I want to allow you to initiate a conversation. I want you to tell people about me. Sometimes the world we live in, we are so afraid to witness. We are so afraid that we might get hurt by telling somebody about this man called Jesus. But Jesus is saying to you right where you are sitting now, come and I will make you fisher of men. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to serve him? We are almost at the end of January. Has your life became any enricher since you started it? Have you made any new commitments? Has Jesus been drawn any closer to you? Do you see him daily in your life? Do you talk to him daily in your life? Are you sure that you are secure with God? Can I get an amen? Amen. You know, because in this life, we are nothing without Jesus. He takes us to bed, he watches over us by night, and he wakes us up in the morning. He gets gets us up, and he starts us on our way. We get in the motor cars, we take the buses, we take the train, and this man, Jesus, takes care of us. And he's calling us now. He needs a hand. He needs a helping hand in this vineyard. And he is saying to one of us, He's saying to all of us, come, follow me. I have some work for you to do. Talk to Brother David. See what you can do. There is a work for all of us to do. If he comes to you right now and he says to you, come follow me, what would your response be? Some might say, my mom is sick, I can't do it. My husband is sick, I can't do it. I have three young children, I've got to look after them, I can't do it. And when we say these things, we are just making excuses. I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, well, many, many long years ago, I used to teach in the Caribbean. And I went to a youth conference, Baptist Youth Conference. And while I was at that conference, our president from Jamaica Baptist Union came on. And he said to me, I have something to tell you. He said, the call of God is on your life. And I looked at him like that. And he said, yes, the call of God is on your life. We have a scholarship for women ministry. We'd like to train somebody to be a women's pastor. And I really wanted to do it. And I said to him, but you know what? As much as I want to go, I don't know if I can go. And he said, why? And I said to him, family matters. I said, my dad has just died from cancer, and my mom is not well. I have six younger brothers and sister. I'm still at home with the family and I'm the main breadwinner." And he said, there's nothing you can do about it. I say, yes, I have lots of other brothers and sisters. Most of them are not here, but I'm the one at home. I have a good job here at home. So, therefore, the commitment rests on me. And he says, well, anyway, we're having a camp coming up in Jamaica for summer. Would you come to that? I said, I'll come to that because it's only for two weeks. But I cannot at this moment see. I want to, but I don't see how I can leave my mom unwell with four children, give up my job, and do it. And I didn't do it. And I've never gotten rid of it. I have never gotten rid of it. And I helped my younger brothers and sisters. And I have a joy. One of those brothers I've helped became a pastor. So I'm happy for that. And then I got to my own family late. And I had to rear them, nurture them. But I've always stayed. I have always stayed in the work of God. I couldn't go on the fields, on the mission fields, abroad, but I've always stayed on the work of God. And I, at this point in time, I started this course very late, and I think now it is the time that God wants me to do it. So there is never a time too late to do what is right. Maybe I was wrong, I don't know. But God has given me the opportunity now and I'm taking it. What about you? Is he calling you to service? Are you willing to do it? Touch somebody by the hand and say, I'm going to go where he wants me to go. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Give that testimony. Don't be afraid. God is calling. He's calling you, 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 you. And he's calling me. There's work for us to do. If you started your journey, fallen by the wayside, he still says, come. God wants to restore that brokenness. Listen to him. Can you hear him like he called the disciples? Come, follow me. The door is closed on the inside. He is standing outside. He is knocking. "May I come in? May I come in?" Going to church doesn't make us a Christian. Accepting Christ as our personal savior does the job. The door is closed on the inside. We have to open the door and let him in. Can we say like the disciples, I will follow him. Leave everything behind and follow him. So now, take up your journey. Take up your cross and follow him. Be a part of this great ministry of God. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of righteousness. The crown of life promised to all who love him. So renew your faith. And bolster your belief and come, 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 come to God. Father, I thank you for your word. And we pray, O oh gracious God, that someone would heed to your message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.